You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to SSPN. I'm Jude. That's Ethan. We got playing basketball. This Wednesday, the Spurs have a game on national TV. They have a game that actually matters, <laughs> which that's kind of been the theme over the past couple of weeks as the end of the season has come to a close. Um, and, you know, just before the season with the uncertainty, with this really being the first year with DeJounte at the helm and it being a team full of young guys with the average age of 24, the youngest roster Pops ever coached, somehow they find themselves with, you know, still... They got a little foot in the door there to see if they can maybe squeeze into the playoffs just to get some experience this year. That's essentially all that it would be. Um, Ethan, what are just kind of before we get into the game itself, what are your thoughts on the Spurs just getting here? I'm super impressed, honestly, because at the beginning of the season, it looked like we were going to be at the bottom of the West, despite both of our predictions that they're they were probably around the 10th seed um, as far as like what we thought their potential would be. But it started off really, really rough. And some guys like Derek White weren't really playing up to par. And then we had a bunch of roster movement at the trade deadline. And we really caught fire behind DeJounte Murray. Keldon Johnson started to emerge. Josh Richardson, of course. And um, the Lakers obviously imploded. And here we are at the 10th seed. So I honestly, I, you know, the logical part of my brain, Jude, would say, oh, we have no chance of winning even one game in the play-in. We'll just be happy to be here. Man, but I don't know because the Spurs have been on fire as of late, and they just added DJ back into the lineup. He was out for a few games, so it's you know anybody's guess at this point. Yeah, I think that was the biggest thing down the stretch. Um, obviously, two of those games that ended up clinching the play-in, I've mentioned this before, it was the Trailblazers, so yes. there's not really much else that needs to be said, but still, the fact that the Spurs took care of business in three straight games, and one of those games against that Jokic Nuggets team mm -hmm. uh, without DeJounte in blowout fashion is still impressive and says a lot uh, about the growth that has happened this year. And I think you also point out that, you know, this is kind of the story for both of these two teams. It's really the post-All-Star break switch. The Lakers imploding was also key to the Pelicans mm -hmm. jumping up. And also their trade for C.J. McCollum was huge to allowing them to kind of giving them some firepower with Zion out. Um, but going back to the Spurs, man, you have the emergence of Keldon Johnson. Also, you have Lonnie Walker, who also really stepped up. I think that's going to be a key in this upcoming game. There will be a lot of keys. We'll, we'll dive into it. But really kind of that switch that flipped uh, with the Spurs just playing a little bit more controlled, playing a little bit more free, a little bit more open with more shooters um, and just a little bit uh, less guards that kind of cleared the way, you know, everybody having a little bit more defined roles and rotations. Um, I think that really helped out the Spurs in the second half of the year. For sure. For sure. Now let's switch to the Pelicans, which is who the Spurs are going to play. Ethan, you know, I was thinking about this right before we came on and started recording. And it was like, I'm thinking about other players. I'm like, oh, they kind of got a big three, even with Zion out. Like they got, they got CJ, they got Valanchunas, and they got Brandon Ingram. I mean, that's a pretty good point guard, mm -hmm. you know, three 
your wing and then your big combo as a starting yeah. lineup there. And then on top of that, you forget about it. They have freaking Herb Jones, who has just been a complete absolute monster this year. One of your favorite players. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on the depth of this team? I haven't even mentioned another feel good story in the NBA. Jose Alvarado, their backup point guard, who is nasty and a problem. Um, what are your thoughts on just kind of this overall roster? And then I, I got to let you have your, your time to talk about Herb Jonesy. <laughs> yeah, man. What scares me about the Pelicans is they have so many guys with chips on their shoulders. I mean, Brandon Ingram getting traded from the Lakers back then. He's got something to prove, averaging 25 since the All-Star break. Obviously, he's going to be a big problem trying to lock him down. He's like 6'10 with long arms. Who's going to guard him? Is it going to be KJ? Is it going to be Devin? Like we just have a like a mismatch there at that small forward position. And then CJ being that steady hand obviously is going to give them a lot, especially going into the postseason. But what scares me most of all is their big depth. Because they can play Hayes and Falachunas next to each other at the four and five. And both guys are super imposing with their size. And then we really only have Jakob Pertle. And I guess we have Zach Collins as well. Um, coming off the bench, but we not we rare, we rarely see them on the court together. So, is that something we're going to have to play with? Is their size going to be you know a, a problem for us going into this game? I think so. And then also they have Hernan Gomez off the bench with nine points a game, who's another capable big, Larry Nance Jr. And like you said, Herb Jones is technically a three, but he can guard three or four really at any time. They play Trey Murphy on the perimeter, but he mm-hmm. can play two through four so. they're a difficult team to stop inside um and yeah. and we've seen Fallon Chunas, especially last year's playing game give the business to Jakob Pertl so he's done it earlier this year I believe mm-hmm. too in he a has. Pelicans game yeah so I think I think that's going to be the key Ethan not to interrupt you here but no, really ahead. it's going to be those points in the paint but it's interesting because the Spurs are like one of the highest scoring points in the paint teams in the league but I really think that the post matchups are going to be the key in this game for sure. Because if they can outmuscle the Spurs and just get a couple extra chances, they have guys that are going to make shots. Unless the Pelicans just completely implode, if they are able to dominate the offensive boards throughout this game, I really think that that's going to make this one a super tough win for the Spurs if that happens. But you may see the return of the Yak and Jock combo. It's true. And imagine if imagine if that ends up working. That would be crazy. I don't I don't want to, you know, bet on that, obviously, um, just because of the fact that Jonas Valanciunas and Jackson Hayes is way more experienced in chemistry playing together than Jakob Pertl and rookie mm-hmm. Jock Landale. Um, but you know, maybe that's something that we do see to try to counter that, or they kind of stick with the small ball and try to win that way with KJ playing the four, but I really think you're going to give up a lot of height. I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing kind of a, you know, maybe even Zach at the four playing next to Jakob that we haven't mm-hmm. seen yet. If not, if that's not the starting lineup. Maybe Kata Bates. Yeah, too. I thought about that too. Kata Bates, uh, I know they don't want to play Kaycock, but I wish they would because I think he actually, <laughs> I he honestly really would. I like he could play the he four. Does. Yeah, he, he, I really like his game. He's getting some trash minutes the past couple games, and he's really, I, at least for me, I've seen an impact from him. Uh, defensively and obviously rebounding the ball offensively you know that's just not his specialty at this point um but yeah the, the bigs are going to be difficult to stop for sure Jakob Pertl is going to be our key because if, if he does if he gets in foul trouble early that might be game over 
And that that sometimes happens to to poor Yaku. He'll get, he'll get two you know cheap fouls, and then he's out in the ten minute mark of the first quarter. And we have to go to Zach, who I mean I love Zach Collins, but he's not going to stop Valanciunas. There's just no, no way he's too he's too thin um, of a player. And I don't like him and Jackson Hayes. Sure, maybe that, that that's a good matchup, but not not big old Valanciunas. Yeah. The more I'm thinking about it, I think that really is going to be the key to the game because you've seen it happen in the Grizzlies series before. Valanciunas is also just one of the more tenured players mm-hmm. uh, on the team. So yeah. I think, I mean, you never know. I could be completely wrong on this, but I think we're going to see a lot of CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas pick and rolls in this game just because they're two tenured veterans. And then on when you do that, that allows B.I. to kind of play on the perimeter. Um, and when yeah. you have those two guys drawing that type of attention, that's going to open up a lot of looks for him on the perimeter. Um, but I mean, you can run a B.I. Jonas Valanciunas pick and roll and then do the same thing with CJ because they're both shooters. So this is a really deep team. It's, yeah. it's a really deep team. Um, but I don't think you got to get to Herb Jones, Ethan. Tell me about what you think of this kid man i mean offensively he's only averaging nine points a game and so if you just look at the box score you're like oh he's just a role player but defensively is where he earns his paycheck dude this guy can lock down pretty much one through four um on any given night i mean just look up his highlights defensively the dude is an absolute stopper so he's gonna take somebody out of the game so it's either gonna be Keldon that he's gonna try and lock up or it's gonna be Devin that he's gonna lock up but one of them's gonna be pretty limited so the other one is going to really have to go off. Um, and I'm, I know we have DeJounte Murray, who usually takes most of the offensive load, but we, we still need a, one of our Robins to kind of emerge in this game. Because offensively, I don't know if Jakob's going to be that big of a help because he's going to have so much of his energy devoted to the defensive end. You know what I mean? So Herb no, Jones is, is just... He's, 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 I, don't even, I don't even know how you game plan for that guy. Yeah, well... You know, it'll be interesting to see if we get a Crimson Tide rematch and see him and Josh Primo matched Ooh. up against each other at some point, just because that would be cool to see, you know, two guys that have kind of carved out roles here, you know, that nice. are former teammates from college um, and also have a lot of skill to them. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see them two kind of rival each other uh, in their careers moving forward. But yeah, I mean, if y'all haven't seen Herb Jones's highlights, like go look it up. His stats don't matter. Like he Ooh. is a crazy defensive player. He creates looks on the fast break. He's mm-hmm. super athletic. He can throw it down and he can shoot. So, I mean, as he develops, who knows what he's going to look like in a couple of years. Yeah, he was a 23-year-old rookie, but kind of looking like a, a Derek White type story, but with like more upside. So that will be very interesting to watch his career. But let's go ahead and go back to the Spurs, Ethan. What are some of the keys that you feel like? Like, what are some things that the Spurs have to do in this game that is kind of in their control um, in order to win, like things that they need to do, not things they need to stop the Pelicans from doing. I feel like you're going to need 20 from DeJounte and Kelvin, minimum. Yeah. Um, it, to me, the first thing would be make DeJounte facilitate early, get everybody else involved, get them to get their confidence up, find out who's playing well tonight. Is it going to be KJ? Is it going to be Devin? Is it going to be Lonnie? Because um, DJ can get his points pretty much at any time. And if we're really if we're really struggling to find some scoring, he'll get in the pick and roll with Jakob, and you know he'll create in the mid range like he always does. I'm not worried about him. It's the other guys. Who else is going to step up? And Jay Rich, he came on strong after the post uh, All Star break, but the last couple of games he's kind of been struggling a little bit. So which Jay Rich are we going to get? Are we going to get the Jay Rich that gets like 
eight points, maybe five points, or is he going to explode like he's capable of doing and go off and get like five three-pointers in a row and just really be a spark plug for us? Um, that's what it's going to come down to for us. It's the other guys who's going to step up. Yeah, I think that's a great point because, I mean, we've seen the consistency from DJ, but still, I mean, if he doesn't show up, there's no chance. So I yeah. think you're going to need him. The other factor with DJ is you're going to need him to slow down CJ. I yes. mean, look, CJ's probably going to get 20 at the end of the day, too, just like DeJounte probably will. But you're going to need to slow him down. You're going to have to do something to just make his life like as you know difficult as it possibly can be. Like they're going to he's going to get some assists. He's going to make some shots. They're going to make some plays. But mm-hmm. if you can just be the pest and really deter as much as possible, like DeJounte usually just kind of does, um, you know, get some steals as he is the league leader in steals that with all the stats finally ending. Um, that'll be another key. But I think another important thing whenever it comes to this matchup, like you said, was getting everybody involved and making sure that like because if he just shows up, it, it, nothing else like and nobody else does, then they're just going to get blown out. So you have to have Keldon involved. You probably need Devin to get to hit some shots too. Well, maybe not necessarily Devin. I think it's more Jay Rich, like you said, because if Jay, I think Jay Rich is going to be the factor. Honestly, Jay Rich and Lonnie, I think those two guys are probably more important. Um, and I'm also very curious to see what the starting lineup is going to look like. Like, will yeah. Jay Rich be in the starting lineup? Because if he's going to be in the starting lineup. I mean, it's not really going to change too much. You're still going to need him to probably be like a 15 to 18 point scorer in this game, too. But, um, you know, that would kind of put him in more of the off ball shooter role where then Lonnie off the bench would be more of the ball handler. Well, if they're having Jay Rich off the bench, um, it'll probably be a mix of both of them being ball handlers. So that's kind of yeah. what I'm I'm curious to see how do they utilize those two guys, because in this kind of stretch where the Spurs have had success after the all star break. Those have been two guys that have kind of been inconsistent, but when they have had good games, the Spurs have won, like guaranteed to win almost. So if Keldon and if Keldon and DeJounte can be consistent, I think it's really going to come down to like those two guys. But the thing is, like if if one of those guys isn't consistent, then you're in a real hole mm-hmm. where I feel like the Pelicans might have a little bit more depth, but so I was about to say I don't I don't know if their bench unit is as good as our bench unit. Okay. I know Jose Alvarado got hot like last time or the time. Trey before. Murphy is solid. Yeah, but I I, I still like uh, Trey Jones and Lonnie and and Zach Collins. I think that they I don't think we really lose that much when our bench comes in. At least as of late, it feels like we almost kind of pulled away or get back into the game when our second unit has come in the past couple weeks. Primo too. Primo as well. I forget so. about Trey Jones, man. Because mm-hmm. he can put people like he can even if Lonnie like isn't having a great game like Trey Jones can set him up or put him in like a place that's still yeah. beneficial to the offense. Yes. And so now that's that's there's the key, I guess, with that. Can Trey Jones facilitate and, you know, keep everything together in a situation like this? Because this is his first time getting big time minutes in a game like this, you know, Um and he'll he'll him him and Jose Alvarado. That will be a fun matchup because those are two mm-hmm. pesky or no, not pesky, pesky, yeah. <laughs> pesky, pesky, scrappy backup point guards. Um, but I guess as we're kind of going to wrap this thing up here, Ethan, um, what are kind of your final thoughts on this one? And I guess we'll we'll give an official prediction. <laughs> it's going to be tight all the way down to the wire, in my opinion, and it's going to come down to Jakob Pertl and foul trouble. 
If he cannot stay in the mm. game, he will lose. Oh, Lord, free throws. I can already see it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a uh, oof. Uh, yeah. So I think it's going to be a tight one, too. And I think the Spurs are going to pull it out. And that's not even me that being like trying to be a homer, because honestly, all things that tell me like all basketball things in this game really tell me that the Pelicans should win. But I just have this feeling that the Spurs are going to win this game. I don't know why they're hot. I, th- I just think I think that they're like Keldon said they packed for four days. I, I don't even like know that. if they're going to win the second game. Honestly, I don't. I mean, if they play the Clippers and PG isn't playing, I think they'll they'll have a shot. Um, but I'm still not convinced just with the amount of experience that that team has in comparison to us, even though I think we may be more talented without PG. Um, I I just think that this one, I just think the young guys are going to get it. I don't know. I, and also Pop. I think Pop's going to coach a pretty True. crazy game here. So I think it's going to be close. I don't think it's going to be a big win by any means. I think the Spurs will pull it out in a thriller on the nightcap on ESPN. Boom. I like that. <laughs> I like that. All right, y'all. Well, if Ethan, you got anything else before I wrap this thing up? No, bro. That's it for me. Heck yeah. All right. Well, don't forget to like and subscribe if you enjoy SSPN. You can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Ethan underscore Quintero at Jude McLaren. Spelt right down here. You can go check that out. Um, and then you can go ahead and head over to SpursTubeTV.com if you would like to buy some SSPN merch. So we appreciate you guys. We'll see y'all in the next one. And hopefully it's after a Spurs win and potentially a playoff preview. We'll see y'all later.